Good afternoon. Welcome to Tom's World Language Cafe. Coming to you live from Fishers, Indiana. It is Friday, September 22nd. It's a beautiful day here today, 83 degrees. We are about half an hour north of Indianapolis, Indiana. And I would like to welcome all the people who are taking time to listen to the podcast and invite you to come to our next podcast in October. And today we have a very, very special guest for you. And uh, we've got a lot of neat things to talk about. And we have one of the great experts in the world on many of these topics. And we're just excited that he's here and honored that he is here. Uh, one of the fine writers and teachers of Spanish in the United States, uh, Juan Pablo Rodriguez. Dr. Juan Pablo Rodriguez, uh, because he has his Ph.D. from, uh, I think, Florida, correct? Florida? Yes, Florida. University of Florida. University of Florida. Well, we're glad you're here, Guy. How are you doing? Fine, thank you. Uh, doing very well. And thanks for the invitation, Tom. Well, you're welcome, and it's an honor for us to have you on the show, and we thank you for being here. Um, so, I'm going to start out and uh, tell the audience that you and I are not strangers to each other, <laughs> that we've known each other for quite a while, right? How many years have we known each other? A long time. Oh, yeah, I would say 12, 13 years. Yes, and uh, Juan Pablo uh, and I taught together at Butler, and uh, at Butler University, and uh, uh, Juan Pablo is um, just one of the great uh, professors of linguistics and every, every other type of Spanish uh, teaching that I have ever seen, probably in my career, which is, was quite long. And... Uh, so, can you tell everybody a little bit about where you were born, about your family, and when you first came to the USA, when, what time that was, what year it was? Okay. So, yeah, I'm from Spain, uh, from a small town that is called uh, Palencia. So, uh, Valencia is very famous with a V, but I come from a smaller one. Palencia is in the northern part of Spain. Um, it's actually a nice uh, town, and uh, it's actually known as uh, Bella Desconocida. It is unknown beauty, because uh, <coughs> even though it's small, it's a very nice, nice place to be, and because of the cathedral, too, that is not as famous as the one in Burgos, or Leon, but still is, is famous in Spain. And, and yeah, I have... Uh, and uh, can I say something? Yes. Quickly. Uh, Juan Pablo lives next to Valladolid, right? Yes, right? yes, that's where it's funny. <laughs> Excuse actually. me. And that happens to be the, um, well, one of the best place Spanish-speaking uh, groups in the world, right, that live around there. That's what they say, mm -hmm. correct? That's yes. the clearest Spanish that are around. Now, that being the case, no puede hablar en español un momento sobre tu familia, okay? So that I can, so you can hear how beautiful Spanish is, Okay. <laughs> um, so <coughs> mi familia es eh, un poquito grande porque somos cinco hermanos en total eh, tengo eh, tres hermanos mayores un hermano menor eh, y mi padre y mi madre eh, y, y sí eh, todos hemos estado viviendo en, en Palencia aunque mis padres eh, y mis hermanos mayores vivieron en Valladolid unos años antes de venir a Palencia yo fui al el primer hijo que nació en Palencia. Ok, eh, great. Muy bien, ¿eh? Excelente. Pero, 
<risa> un español muy, muy um, castizo, ¿verdad? Muy puro, ¿verdad? Así. Yeah. Ok. Uh, now, back to the, the, the situation. So, your family is in Spain, and then you start school, in studying mm -hmm. school, and get really being loving school, right? You obviously were a great student. Now, what got you to want to teach Spanish? Why did you want to teach Spanish? And number two, once you decided that, can you explain how you ended up in Florida? And well, all the steps you took to do this, which is interesting. Okay. okay. So yeah, actually, uh, what I studied in Spain is English philology. So I really wanted to be a high school teacher of English in Spain. However, we didn't have many courses on methodology or teaching practicum before uh, applying for those jobs. So I decided to do a master in West Virginia University. And while there, we had to teach Spanish um, so that we don't pay the fees of the university. And um, that's when I learned how different it is to teach your own language um, because you are fully uh, aware of when something is grammatically correct or you can talk about your culture, your traditions. So I actually ended up enjoying that more than <laughs> English. I mean, I like teaching languages, but you know, when I made that cultural connection of, oh, I can actually talk about something of my own city, of my own culture, then I, I felt more comfortable. Um, uh, so that's when, um, even though I originally wanted to teach English, um, I started to like teaching actually Spanish more. And then that's why we decided to continue beyond the master. So rather than returning to Spain to try and teach English, I prefer, I opted to continue with the, the studies in, in, in language and linguistics. And, and that's why um, I ended up in Florida uh, to do the doctorate for Hispanic linguistics instead of more on teaching methodologies for English. It was a change to Hispanic linguistics. Now, you also got a master's degree in, in West Virginia? Yeah, West Virginia University. Okay. Degree. And that was in Spanish and linguistics, right? That was uh, teaching English for students oh, okay. of other languages. Okay. Mm -hmm. So you have a broad base of learning how to teach languages or how to learn languages, right? Because mm -hmm. yes. I'm going to ask you about that later, and uh, it's going to come up later. Um, I wanted to bring a topic up about your folks because uh, Juan Pablo invited them. Um, uh, me and my wife to visit uh, his parents once and uh, and uh, my wife and I were in Madrid and he said take the train up and you go up there and stay a few a few days with them which we did we had a great time and the countryside was so beautiful and uh, Juan Pablo's folks have a, a summer place I guess it is you call it that but they they grow their own food and raise turkeys and chickens and and a variety of things. Rabbits. Rabbits, <laughs> yes. And it was very exciting. Plus, we were right near next to the uh, Camino de Santiago, right? That was, mm -hmm. what is it, 100 yards, maybe? Not even that, right? Yeah, very close. Very close. You can see them walk. From, you can see the, yeah. the peregrinos walking and things. So it was, it was quite an interesting time. And I just wanted to throw that in. We still, uh, that was one of our great trips of all time when we got to see them. 
you know, and thank you very much for the invite. Um, so now um, we're back to um, everything that goes into teaching, and we'll talk about that later in, in more detail. But for people who want to teach, that listen to the show, uh, that, that might want to teach high school Spanish, grade school Spanish, elementary Spanish, college Spanish, whatever. Um, it's a lot of work, right? I mean, there's a lot of things going on all the time. Mm -hmm. And I'm not sure yes. the people who are not in the language field probably aren't aware of everything that, that uh, happens at the college level, where sometimes people say, well, that's a little easier maybe, you know, when things, <laughs> you know, because of this or that or the teaching is easier. And it has, it certainly has its benefits from that, but it also requires a lot of things. And one of them is publishing books, right? Or articles, of which you've done many now. And uh, could you tell us about a couple of your articles that you like or would want to talk about? Mm -hmm. Okay. So one project I liked, uh, it's the acquisition of vocabulary that happens not necessarily in the classroom and that happens incidentally, kind of by accident, <laughs> not on purpose. And I did that uh, with the study abroad students who go to the Alcala program. Uh, so I tested them on how many local words they know from Spain prior to the, to the study abroad program. And then after the program, I ran the same test to see if they knew already some of the words from, which are exclusive to, to Spain, not to other countries. Um, to see if they learn those words just by being with locals. Uh, so th those are types of words or expressions that are not part of the book and that is not part of the curriculum, but they're there. Um, and they improve. They, and, and the great thing of that uh, study is that I tested them a couple of years afterwards and um, half of the words are still they knew. The group grammar, they kind of lowered and... Um, their uh, levels of, of grammar or of advanced structures kind of lowered after two years. But those words that they learned in, in Spain, they kind of carried over and continued over time. So again, that's a project I, I like because it's, um, you know, learning, but um, something not necessarily in a classroom, but just by interacting with locals um, and while you are there in the in the culture, not not in a classroom. Yes. So it's it's something I like that project. Yes. Mm -hmm. And do you have any other writing or articles, but projects you liked? Oh, one actually because uh, that I like is uh, um, the role of technology because sometimes um, we kind of like to uh, incorporate as much technology as possible in classroom. Um, but actually, I run a project with clickers, which are kind of remote uh, controllers where you can input answers for any pop-up quizzes or questions you can pose during class. And um, I did them during class and also uh, testing if the students came ready with the uh, reading assignments for class. And it ended up uh, not working as expected because the students... Um, thought that participation was just pressing the button, but then remaining quiet and not talking too much. Uh, and they actually got worse scores than those who did a paper and pencil test of the assignment, of the reading assignments. So they thought they were doing better and they helped them to participate more. But what I saw is that they actually had lower scores than the group with paper and pencil quizzes and they interacted 
less they wanted to participate and and explain why why you choose option two instead of a or b or one and they actually ended up um doing worse but they thought that they were doing better because of the technology <laughs> so I, I actually um yeah, i thought that that was an interesting study <laughs> now, what about the technology today in the classroom it's is it is it do you find it difficult to meet the happy median where you do some but you still maintain the live human interaction where the kids act things out and speak and do do skits and videos and things mm -hmm. yes it's uh, it's kind of distracting many days too too much um especially they're getting used to get all of the materials uh, digital um so we never know all the time what is it they're doing on their computers um and yeah, yes, uh, it, you have to pressure them more to talk and volunteer uh, than in the past because they have more distractions. Um, so yeah, it's 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 becoming uh, difficult to 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 manage that. Yeah, the, the speaking some, some days, and that that if, can affect the speaking results, right? You know, where mm -hmm. they're not constantly speaking, you know, in groups and doing things, and yeah, that, I found the same thing. You know, that's what I found in my classes, the same, the same obstacle is that. And uh, it's a shame, right? Because, uh, but you do want the kids to have the human interaction, right? Where they talk mm -hmm. to each other and it's live and, you know, they have to react to the language and things. So, you know, it's, it's a challenge. Yeah, definitely a challenge. Now, um, back to the publication. Do you have any other books that you've done you want to talk about? I know you've got some game going here that I think is really neat. Uh, mm -hmm. We won't say anything about it. We won't give the title, but it's right up really a fun game. And uh, uh, it's kind of challenges you as to what, how much Spanish you know. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yes, funny. yes, I'm trying to get that published. And uh, yeah, it's a game with... Uh, different types of questions or yes. kind of activities. Um, yeah, so it's kind of a battle uh, between the different players and, and try to see who is uh, better at Spanish. Yeah. Yes, yes. <laughs> so, yeah. and then uh, what other books did you like? Uh, one I, yeah, one I'm very proud of lately is the, the one I co-authored with Alex Quintanilla and is the one on Spanish pronunciation. Um, yeah, because just tell we, everybody about that. That's quite a book. Yes, that's really good. Can you mm -hmm. tell everybody how they could get that book if they wanted it? Yeah, it's an Introducción a la Pronunciación del Español, and it's uh, published by Cognella, uh, which is in San Diego. Um, and in this book, uh, um, we teach how to pronounce correctly in Spanish. Um, and students uh, can use it in a classroom. Uh, it's it's a textbook, but also um, it, it contains many activities for practice. I even have uh, some audio recordings uh, for drilling or rotation and uh, very nice uh, drawings of the oral cavity. So you can see where you have to put um, the articulatory, articulatory organs to pronounce words correctly in Spanish. Um, so yeah, it's it's a really a really uh, nice book that uh, when students take the class uh, on those contents and and use the the definitions, the practice that we provided, 
they improve a lot and they realize of things they, they actually didn't know before uh, or they didn't practice necessarily in previous courses. Yes, and uh, Juan Pablo and I both worked together and co-authored several books. One of them was on Garcia Lorca and another one was on uh, Don Quixote, a reader, and then like, I'm trying to remember the other ones, ah, Micro Cuentos de España, Yes. Some really neat like magic realism stories about the famous people of Spain, yes. Mm -hmm. I like the readers Casa Encantada. Um, yes. Actually. Um, so it's uh, uh, with family members and different uh, daily situations and how to solve some common um, uh, fights or, or, or behaviors in with kids and parents in the in, in the house but we have like objects who help yeah. interact with with, with the situations yeah it's nice and um, we also did one on panorama cultural which is a beautiful mm -hmm. book on culture and teaching of culture as it as it's observed in 21 spanish-speaking countries and there's great materials on each country and a lot of great activities for students and all of these books, uh, they're very interesting. Um, now, let's move along to, um, let's talk about teaching in, in general. Um, so what are your favorite classes at Butler? Which classes do you like the best? Mm -hmm. Now, Butler, uh, excuse me, uh, Butler University where Juan Pablo teaches is a great university, it's a private university. How many students does it have? 6,000? Something like uh, 65,000. 5,000 5, students. And uh, it's a private university. Uh, has a nice liberal arts department. And uh, mm. a variety of things. Business schools. It has one of the top pharmacy schools in the world. And so it's a really, really good school. And so tell us a little bit about your favorite classes and why they're your favorite. They're your favorite classes. Mm -hmm. So my favorite classes are um, actually any class that I teach, that, uh, especially the ones in Hispanic linguistics. Um, the great thing at Butler is that we can provide um, any topic. We can teach any topic we can suggest. Because at other institutions where I taught, they were more strict, like this is the set kind of curriculum, and you cannot put too many more classes. But at Butler, we have a, a freedom for that. And um, we have a, quite a variety of courses that we rotate on, on linguistics, such as Spanish pronunciation, um, bilingualism in the Hispanic world, uh, structure of Spanish, which I'm currently, currently teaching, uh, second language acquisition, um, and uh, also in a study abroad program. Um, but yeah, to be honest, any class that I teach, I really enjoy. The last couple of years ago, I taught 101, 102, which is the elementary Spanish courses, and I also love that. So really, any any, any topic. So it's all <laughs> um, good. Yeah. Um, so you get a variety of topics. And what about teaching strategies? Um, which strategy is the most difficult one to teach? Listening, speaking, reading, writing, and I'll throw mm -hmm. culture into culture. Which one is the hardest to teach? Uh, I would say um, 
maybe speaking, because um, um, what I found out or, or my experience is that many times the book, the books that we use, um, or, or in general, the resources for teaching and speaking, they have tons of reading assignments and they have tons of grammar explanations, but then they throw up some, um, they throw some of the um, activities such as do a discussion or agree or disagree on this topic um, or make a description of something. But then they don't, what I, what I find out is that they don't necessarily provide lots of um, linguistic resources for the students. So they just throw the questions and, um, but they don't provide, you know, um, common expressions or common, common or different ways of saying agreement and disagreement, like, like uh, we, in a formal context or in an informal context. These are kind of a common structures that maybe speakers use. Um, so I found out, um, I find, find that this is kind of challenging for the class because you, you provide questions, you provide topics, but what about the resources for them to improve on, 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 on speaking? And also what happens if you don't know a word? What is the technique we can practice and, and, and do in class? Um, these are things that are not necessarily very well structured and they focus most on topic on environment, topic on literature, topic on, you know, but not necessarily on resources on how to improve on speaking faster, more fluent, with less hesitations, with, with uh, um, I don't know, how to soften a command or how to ask for help. Um, I think that that's kind of missing. The um, reality, right, of language, the reality yeah. part of it. Um, yeah, that's, uh, that's, that's really well said. I'm glad you touched on that. Now, so this, uh, the different teaching strategies, etc. which one do you love the best to teach? Do you like teaching listening, speaking, reading, or writing, or culture the best? Um, let's see. Um, I really enjoy um, teaching the part of, of pronunciation, <laughs> kind of speaking and see them improve, because that's where I can see the, the largest change when I provide very concrete feedback on, on the sounds. And I say, well, um, you're not doing this peteka initial word very well because you are using this, the English technique with aspiration, which is fine in English and you need it, but not in Spanish. So, um, and you ask them to do more drilling, more repetition, and you see an improvement there. So um, it's the type of content kind of related to, to speaking that I, I, I like to, to teach. And, and over the semester, um, you can, it's something that is very evident. It becomes very evident that the change when they do, when they take the, the course very seriously and they do all of the drilling and practice um, with care. And, and I have seen some of the students really improve uh, a lot. Um, because with grammar, it's, uh, teaching grammar is it's harder to see. Um, with writing, for example, something I like, considering the current situation with artificial intelligence and all of that is um, doing it in class, not allowing to to write at home and bring something later, but actually provide a handout, a very detailed with step-by-step -step, um, guided structure of, you know, first a brainstorm, uh, here's a space, half of the page, write it there, I want to see it. Um, 
and then provide vocabulary lists uh, that will be common for the topic. Um, and something that kind of works to avoid the use of artificial intelligence is to request specific and concrete um, a grammar uh, from the chapter or a tenses. Let's say you have to provide five irregulars in the preterite. Uh, and make sure those are verbs that appear in the chapter. So that way, if they, you know, um, I mean, they will have to do it in class. So uh, it's something they're going to be working in class. But if it were to be uh, submitted later, uh, they really need to check the book, not, not anything random that they translate from English. Because the moment I don't see those verbs underlined or highlighted, then it means you haven't used, you haven't been working the way I I requested you. You haven't been using the language creatively um, uh, with that kind of um, uh, requirement on the composition. And I remember that you really like doing videos, right? The kids, mm -hmm. the students do their videos. Can yeah. you tell me a couple of the best ones they ever did? Because you had this, you had some really good videos. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I, I like that uh, from the past, even uh, I'm recalling some um, videos that were used, not necessarily now uh, in YouTube or anywhere, but they were in a language lab that we did at the University of Florida. And we did a couple of videos with a friend who had a problem with a car and what happened because it's not going to arrive on time for watching a movie with a friend. But um, half of the class was watching what happened to one of the characters and the other half of the class was watching to what happened to the other person. Uh, so they have two different videos they were watching. And then after watching the video in the language lab, they have to use the headphones and, and talk to each other. Like, what happened? Why didn't you wear... Why didn't you be in the in the in the movie theater on time? What was the problem? Uh, can we meet at the later day? Um, so yeah, I created kind of a variety of info gap activities, and um, yeah, I, I kind of like those mini videos and and projects in the class. Yeah, I know you do. You really do a great job with the videos. Really, really good. Um, and I think one of the things I've always been impressed with you, your classes is you have fun you know you have mm -hmm. fun and you make it fun you enjoy it and and I think that's amazing you know how you're able to do that and that's really nice um, so and I you mentioned a book while ago with Alex can you tell everybody who Alex is you you did that you did that great book on the, you know uh, on, on the linguistics you mentioned and uh, you know Alex, right? Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so he's also a teacher at Boulder University. Uh, he's my husband, you know, um, and he was the actual uh, first person teaching linguistic courses at Boulder. He, he arrived in 2009, and he was the one starting the kind of this uh, area in the program. Um, and yeah, we, uh, he actually was the, the person who started the book and he asked me for my contribution. Like, would you like to join so we can have a, a wider variety of activities so we can have better explanations, maybe uh, provide some drawings of the, of the, um, uh, or a cavity for the pronunciation, for the vocal cords, the tongue and all of that. 
And yeah, I joined um, and we, we collaborate with that, with that book um, together. You yeah. did a great, it's a great book. And again, where could that be bought? Could, could they, that book? Yeah, it's in Cognella, um, and it's called Introducción a la Pronunciación del Español. Um, I think it's also available at Amazon if you, if you search for that. Yeah, yeah, and Alex is a pretty prolific writer as well, uh, mm. and, and uh, quite well known for his, uh, his linguistic work. Um, and he is from El Salvador, right? Yes. El Salvador, beautiful country. And uh, we're not going to talk about that today, maybe another day, right? we got to mm -hmm. get Alex on the program, right? Next time. Yes. Yes. So, but anyway, now we're going to move to um, the part on culture, which is just a really culture with a capital C, probably, I guess we would say. Uh, not the capital C, but maybe a small C that's in the middle between both of them. Mm -hmm. So, but anyway, uh, so we've got uh, a list of things you're going to tell the listeners and talk about your three favorites and why. And these are things that, from, that we talk about from Spanish culture all the time. So one of them, is, first one is uh, Spanish foods. What are your three favorite Spanish foods? Three Spanish foods. Uh, I really like the paella uh, because it's something that I, I can do or I can try on, on my own. Um, but yeah, definitely paella. Uh, one thing that I enjoyed last fall a lot is Concido Madrileño um, because I was directing the study abroad program in, in Alcalá de Henares and in Madrid is where this uh, dish comes from. So I uh, I enjoyed that uh, during the semester many times. That's a stew, right? We call it a stew, right? Mm -hmm. With chickpeas and the soup and mm -hmm. chorizo, yeah, chicken. Okay. Yes. How about um, what's your favorite tapa? Tapa, uh, really uh, any. Um, I don't know, tortilla española is the typical classic one. <laughs> a little bit of tapa pincho. I like olives. I know that some people don't like the, <laughs> the taste too much. but Olives are know. great, yes. Tell, tell the listeners about tortilla española, how that's different than a tortilla mexicana. <laughs> so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so tortilla española is made with uh, potatoes, onions, and eggs. Um, so it's kind of thicker, of course, than the Mexican one. Uh, and it's usually a common dinner or kind of a bocadillo if you want to bring, a, for example, if you are on a, on a school trip to some place and you need to bring some sandwich, that's where it yeah. And a, kids for prefer. the listeners who don't know Spanish, bocadillo is a sandwich in, mm -hmm. in Spain, bocadillo. And... Uh, now, what about the Spanish idioms? Three Spanish idioms that are really fun. Well, one I taught the students last year that they repeated over and over because they enjoy it is trabajar para vivir, no vivir para trabajar. <laughs> and of two infinitives there, which is uh, you work so you can live, but you don't live so you can work. So uh, they kind of enjoy that um, because we were in Alcalá that semester and uh, they saw the, 
at a different rhythm of life and how everything is uh, at a slower speed and less rushed. So they kind of see that in action <laughs> while we were there. Now, um, now Butler has a, well, you mentioned Akalao, Butler has a great program for a semester and uh, at the University of Akala in, in, in Akala. And Akala mm -hmm. is also the city where Cervantes was born, right? Correct. Mm -hmm. And he yeah, was correct. born there. And uh, it's a great place to have the program, that program in Akala, just a nice program for students in the future if anybody goes, wants to go to Butler. And, uh, you know, takes Spanish and, and major and, and study in Akala. Um, mm -hmm. Now, so I'm trying to think of a couple other idioms. There, I remember there were many idioms, that, but I don't really place them as idioms when I hear them, right? I mean, I'll hear it and I'll go, yeah, then after it's gone, I think, oh, that was, a, that was an idiom. I wasn't paying, paying attention to it, right? Are there any other ones you can think of? Um, I don't know. Just within class, we, uh, we were reviewing uh, indefinite determiners are, we were talking about cada, cada, and they, it seems that in English, because I asked them, in, it seems in English, you know, have this expression, cada persona es un mundo, mm -hmm. every person is a world, uh, in terms of cultural background or uh, personal experiences, opinions, so yeah, it's, uh, maybe something that it's uh, only in Spanish, I don't know, but cada persona es un mundo, mm -hmm. it's uh, something we... I recall there's one that when you forget something, the idea, and it's se me fue del santo al cielo. Is that right? Oh, se me fue el santo al cielo. Se me fue el santo, el santo del cielo al cielo. Al? Al, Se me fue el santo al cielo. Yeah, because it's common to have, uh, or at least in the past, names from the Bible or saints. Mm -hmm. Uh, so, for example, in my case, Paulo, it comes because of the Pope in the past, but the others are Pedro, etc. So, you have your birthday, um, but you also have your saint's day. So, when it is San Juan or San Pablo in the calendar, it's your San Saint's day. So, it's kind of, you kind of have your um, two celebrations during the year, your birthday and your saint's day. <laughs> But it really, it, they said it means, like, if you forget an idea, you say, se me fue. Is that right? Se me fue. Yeah. Okay. Yes, yes, se me okay. fue. Okay. okay. Now, let's talk about the Spanish cities. What are your three favorite Spanish cities? Well, of course, the first one is going to be Palencia, <laughs> because it's my favorite place. Yes, yes. Um, I really enjoy it. Um, how it's uh, very calm and uh, we really don't have much tourism, uh, but it's a very nice place. You have everything at a walking distance. That's the part I like, that I can go anywhere, uh, to the library, to the city hall, to uh, uh, to shopping, you know, at a walking distance. And um, yeah, yeah it's, it's very convenient. And from Spain, I like Madrid and Granada. Uh, I, if I have to pick, I would say Madrid and Granada. In the past, I used to like more Barcelona for a reason, but um, actually spending more time in Madrid uh, when I go for the study abroad program, 
I started to enjoy it more. Um, yeah, the, the, the cult, culture is profound, right? The culture level mm -hmm. in Madrid is off the charts, and the, the museums and the history and the, the great writers, yes. the writers and the painters who lived in Madrid, and all the activity that went on in Madrid, and really from the 15th century, pretty mm -hmm. much 16th century on, I mean, the, the great yes. people, the, the great creators of things, inventors and whatever, you know, the artists, they lived in that area, yeah. And Granada, yes. of course, is Garcia Lorca country. <laughs> always yeah. love, uh, that's why I love Granada. I always like to, uh, to read Garcia Lorca. He's one of my favorite all-time writers. Um, mm -hmm. so, um, so back to um, the beaches. Now, Spain has lots of beautiful beaches, which many people aren't aware of. So which three would you pick if you had to pick the three? Um, one I like, um, I have to say I haven't been there uh, recently. I've been doing, I've been uh, to Salvadorian beaches more recently on vacation. But one I enjoyed when I was a kid um, is in Salo. In Salo, it's uh, Costa del Sol. Um, and the reason is because it's family, kind of family friendly. And also you have a theme park, uh, kind of universal studios type uh, theme park with rides, Porta Ventura. So that's why I enjoy that uh, because the, the, the water is always warm. It's a, it's a very relaxing, nice beach. But then you have that also on the side. You can <laughs> go to the park and have rides. And, you know, if you go there, it's not just sunbathe. <laughs> you know, you have lots of... Uh, activities there, so that's what I like. Um, in Valencia, uh, when I went there, uh, it's uh, very famous um, also, uh, the one in Valencia, and of course San Sebastián, um, La Concha, Playa de la Concha, uh, for walking, um, yeah, it's very beautiful with nature, more, more green uh, on okay. the sides. Your three favorite Spanish movies? Oh, movies. Uh, I like uh, comedy and horror, uh, kind of my two genres. So um, <laughs> there is a series of movies. Uh, they're not doing any more anymore, I think, but it's uh, Torrente. Um, it's kind of very uh, dark comedy or irreverent comedy. Um, I like those. Uh, from Almodovar. Really, anything from Almodovar because the f the first time you watch the movie, you don't know anything about the ending or, <laughs> in general, what will happen the next second. No, so I, I, I really enjoy. Yeah, he's one of the great ones. Yeah, how about Spanish songs? You have any their favorite Spanish songs? What are those? Well, in terms of of, of songs, not really. Uh, I'm kind of weird on that respect. Uh, because I don't look for songs. I know many people have a, a huge playlist or favorite um, singers. So I'm, I don't have like a particular one. Um, I like some singers, maybe one from, from Spain. Yeah, who are those <laughs> um, singers? Who do you like? When I was younger, uh, I like uh, Monica Naranjo, which uh, are you familiar with her? She has a very, very strong nice voice yes yes um, and um yeah alejandro sanz uh kind of a, a nice artist uh singer 
Um, did you like Jose or, Jose Perales? Did you like him? More or less. More or less. <laughs> less. All right. All right. I know he's he's very yeah he's very famous and, and his songs are are really good. The lyrics. Um, Anybody but, else? Yeah. Um, oh, I like the Rocio Jurado. Are you familiar with yes, Rocio yes, Jurado? Yes. He had a very very beautiful voice. Yes. Um, yeah, more modern, I would say, Enrique Iglesias. Here is very famous in the U.S. now. <laughs> then, I, um, then Rafael, remember Rafael? Remember this cantante? Oh, yeah, Rafael, yes, He was always yes. the dramatic guy, got real dramatic. Mm -hmm. He's, I thought he had yeah. passed away, he's still alive. And then I... Was, no, no, he's safe. You know, he's yeah, saying he's the safe. other day, yeah. somewhere I saw in the paper, in um, mm -hmm. Pais had it in the, somewhere in their paper, in the paper in Madrid, and... He was singing, did a concert somewhere in España, and I thought, wow. Yes, yes, actually, uh, Gabriela, who is now in Academia with the students, she told me, like, oh, Rafael is going to be singing one of these days. <laughs> and I said, yeah. you should go. <laughs> and do you know who's going to be in Indianapolis? I think in October, fairly soon, is Luis Miguel. Luis Miguel. Oh, really? Yeah, the singer oh, wow. who uh, is going to be here in... Uh, and then somewhere else it's going to have, um, oh, what is his name? Let me think of his name. Um, I'll think of it in a minute. One of the great singers of all time. He's really gotten old, in it, but he's still going. Mm -hmm. And um, oh, in Spanish? English. Mm -hmm. American. Oh, he's American. Oh, okay. Jill, hold on a minute. Let me ask Jill. Jill, yeah. who was the guy who told you was going to be here? Willie Nelson. Yeah, no, not Willie Nelson. Yeah. Bruce is No, not Bruce. <laughs> um, One of those old guys. He was an older. Yeah, That's we'll sad. think of it in a minute. He was one of the great ones of all time. Hola. We're doing a radio show, and oh. Jill, that's okay. Have Jill came in. Yes, that's fine. Oh, sorry. You can be an unexpected guest. Oh, <laughs> the unexpected guest arrives, Jill. This is my wife, Jill, everybody. Hi. And if, many of you probably know her already, but she's a Spanish uh -huh. teacher, too, and uh, and a uh, long-time Spanish teacher. Um, I'm trying to think of who that was. The well, give me a minute. My senior mind takes it a little bit longer. I'll let you know uh, if I can think of what it think is. Of I'll look minute. it up. Where are they coming? Was it Bobby theater? somebody? It's no. at um, Murat United, okay. whatever it is. Get back here. Um, and then he, he, got, he won the uh, Nobel Prize for mm -hmm. poetry from his songs. And, oh. uh, and I feel badly that I can't remember his name. But he's... Uh, one of my all-time favorite singers, too. <laughs> but it goes way back. He goes way back. Uh, uh, she'll, she'll get it for us in a second. All right. Now, let's talk about the uh, actors and actresses in Spain. I'm going to bet you're going to pick Penelope Cruz, right? Yes, we have also. Um, but for uh, I I like also um, I don't know if you know Lolis Leon. Uh, it's more not so much on movies than on series TV series. Lolis Leon okay. in comedies, um, or Isabel Ordaz. She also appears on 
series, uh, one, one TV series I like, like I say, Alethina, those two characters I really enjoy. Um, Antonio Banderas also, he's a classic. <laughs> he is a classic, uh, he's amazing. Mm-hmm. Yes. And a younger, a younger one, um, I would say Eduardo Noriega. Uh, he had a movie in the 90s when I was at college, Tesis, which is kind of a horror, kind of suspense thriller. Um, I like that too. I, I have his name. It just occurred to me who that singer was. Bob Dylan. Bob, Bob Dylan, <laughs> yes. Uh, how could I have forgotten him? But uh, he's going to be here singing in oh, Indianapolis, oh. I think, in maybe six weeks, yeah. Um, yeah, that that would be would be worth seeing. You know, he's such, such an inter, entertainer. You know, just, I saw him when he was young, young, you know, younger, and I don't know how he would be now, but apparently he's still fairly good. You know, I mean, he mm-hmm. does fairly well. Um, now, what about your three favorite Spanish provinces? Do you have three favorite ones? Provinces. Um... Andalusia uh, is so distinct to to the northern part of Spain and traditions, foods, folklore. So I would say Andalusia, the Basque country. Uh, I'm gonna say San Sebastián. Mm-hmm. I enjoy that uh, area. Um, yeah, uh, Bilbao, Granada. I mean, there are so many places I like. Um, Spain is such a beautiful country. I mean, it's great variety, just beautiful. Um, mm-hmm. So, what about your three favorite Spanish restaurants? <laughs> Do you mm-hmm. have any? I actually, when I go back to Spain, I like one in Valencia, uh, in my city, when I go to my hometown. Uh, it's called Mejillonera from Mejillon, which is uh, in Muscles. Um, because they have. Mejillonera. Yeah. <laughs> Mejillonera, yeah. Mejillonera. Oh, what a great title. Um, they have fresh. Um, seafood there and and some potatoes with a sauce that is really unique it's kind of a spicy kind of mayonnaise very unique i don't know what the recipe <laughs> but it's really tasty it's good all right um and uh any for me it's not so much um uh, what i like uh, from spain is the the tapas and of course when they have the menu del dia because they they put what we call comfort food daily uh-huh. food that you can have at home Mm-hmm. Um, so in any place that have you know Plato de Dia or really any <laughs> any place that is not a chain is just more local. More the the, <laughs> the, Sp- the Spanish food is is to die for, and I mean mm-hmm. it just is so good and varied. There's such variety. Um, yeah. How about sports teams? Do you have any favorite soccer teams? Well, in my family, my uh, older brother likes. Barca, my older sister likes Madrid, and I like none. <laughs> so I don't okay. fight with them. Usually, when there is like the Clásico between Madrid and Barca, they, they kind of um, have a big uh, fight or who is going to win, who is the best. But uh, yeah, I never liked uh, much the the any of the food. I mean, uh, football. Um, uh, yeah. Now, what about Real Madrid? Uh, Real Madrid is. Um... They got the did they got the stadium done right? The stadium's all done, the renovation. Uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm not 
as much good as okay. <laughs> sports. I know they, they really renovated the stadium a lot. They you know, did a lot with that. Uh, how about Spanish customs? What's your three more interesting Spanish customs that we mm -hmm. don't maybe have here? Mm -hmm. um, I would say the double kissing when you, when you meet a person for the first time. Yeah. <laughs> because many times while I'm here, um, and if I kiss someone to say hello, I usually need the second one. So uh, it's kind of a weird situation because I, I need that second yeah. kiss, <laughs> but it's not common to you. That, that, mm -hmm. that happens when you meet somebody and you're supposed mm -hmm. to uh, kiss on the, each side of the, of the cheek, right? Yes. Here yes. and here on each side. And that's, one on the left, one on the yeah, right. Yeah, one on the left and right. And that's like a hello, right? I mean, it's a yeah. courtesy. Yeah. And and I came to find out when I came to I came to find out in Spain when I, if I didn't do that people were insulted, it was, they get mad. Yes. I yeah. mean they really got mad. You know they they would be insulted. You know it's like ooh you know, and uh, you, you have to take it seriously. <laughs> you have to get ready yes. to do a kiss on each side of the cheek and um, and uh, it, it's women and men right both men. Son, yeah, it could be. It could be men. Right. Both ways, yeah, both Obviously. ways, yeah. yeah. And then, um, any other ways? Late, yeah, late lunches and dinners. Oh, we have lunch at 2 p.m. and we have dinner at 9 p.m. <laughs> so, while I'm in Spain, I, I enjoy that. Yes. Uh, you yes. know, everything is later. <laughs> and, and the lunches in Spain, too, right? There's a long gap between lunches. And I, mm -hmm. I came to find out I'd meet people for lunch at 2. We would have lunch. Then we would go out and uh, get an after dinner drink, right? You know, or something for a half hour. Then we go out and have a coffee, you know, <laughs> and it would st it would string out three hours easily, right? Three hours. Yeah, easily. And then yeah. you get back to work, and then they'd work till some of them worked till nine nine thirty, you know, the folks and uh, very impressive things, very impressive. Now, what about mm -hmm. the Spanish politicians? Who are your three favorites? Do you have any favorites? <laughs> Not necessarily favorites, but uh, I would say I, I like uh, Zapatero, which is an ex-president we had in the past. Um, I like the way he always is very respectful with ideas, which is something we're missing kind of today in, 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 polit in politicians. Um, and he was also the one who put the create marriage in Spain, which I thought it would never, ever happen. So I'm, I'm grateful for, for him. Um, I don't know, and uh, I would say Pablo Iglesias. Um, he's, done maybe, quite, he's done quite, quite well, hasn't he? Uh, yeah, the problem is that his uh, party kind of, uh, is kind of losing and getting, you know, reduced. And, um, but, uh, but I still enjoy um, his uh, speeches. And, and he, yeah, he's quite he a talks, speaker, yeah. yes. Yes, uh, he is knowledgeable, um, so that's what I like from him. And thanks to Pedro Sánchez, today's president. Um, uh, yeah, I would say I like him too. Now, let's talk about the different, uh, for a minute, politics in Spain, because uh, uh, last time I was in Madrid, which wasn't very long ago, the uh, people seemed to think, I, the general idea was that Spain has really come a long way in democracy. Mm 
you know. In other words, they they elect people, you know, that, mm. that people are elected, and a lot of women are participating in politics now, and the, mm. gay, the gay community is participating. Every, I mean, it's, it's really gotten to be a, a really impressive thing, right, the politics. Mm-hmm. Am I right yes. with that, saying that, I think, probably? Yes, yes. I, yeah, I would say, uh, and that's what, what Pedro Sanchez did, I believe, in his first term. He wanted to have kind of equity in terms of, uh, men and women as uh, ministers, uh, ministros, ministras, mm-hmm. kind of an equal number. Yeah. Um, so yeah, we and, it's quite different from a few decades ago. Yeah, mm-hmm. but the the whole process, and even the the races, right? The the different races that are coming to Spain, you know, the immigrants, and mm-hmm. uh, they're accepted, right? Pretty much, and uh, mm-hmm. and they have jobs, and they contribute a lot to the society and uh, mm-hmm. I know I, w- I was amazed at the number of Chinese in, in, in Madrid and a lot of Chinese folks and a lot of Arabic people and you know, all these different cultures are there and the Latino cultures and uh, mm-hmm. which makes the country a lot richer right and yes you know and what it has. And it's needed because the, the growth was get. I mean the population was getting um, very old old um so we, we really need um younger um generations and, and immigrants provide that too uh, they contribute to to have a, a younger society um, mm-hmm. so yeah it's it's really needed okay now juan pablo we have reached the end of our show and it's friday and you probably are exhausted right tired <laughs> a little bit <laughs> a little bit and so uh we are going to uh, give you a chance to recover, you know, and and we'll have you back later at a later show sometime, <clears throat> you know, down the road. We'll have you at a show, and we'll have another show. It's always fun to have you in the show. You're always a great guest, and uh, anytime you want to come back, just holler, right? And, uh, you okay. know, we'll get you back on. And I'm looking forward to having Alex on soon, right? You have to yes. tell him. Yes, tell him. Yes, he will join soon. October. October. Mm -hmm. End of October. Yes. I think that's our plan. So, but uh, anyway. um, So, thank you so much for being on the show. And if anybody, any of you would like to talk to Juan Pablo, if you have anything you want to ask ask him about languages, if you want to uh, email him, you want to give your email, is that okay? Yes. If anybody Um, wants to email you. The one about there uh, is J.P. Rodriguez, like, like my, my last name, at Butler.edu. So J.P. Rodriguez, R-O-D-R-I-G, at Butler.edu. Okay, thank you so much. And Juan Pablo, stick around for a minute. We'll chat a couple more minutes, and I'm going to tell everybody goodbye, but you don't have to get off yet, okay? And so stay okay. right where you are, okay? Uh, and, uh, thank you. Juan Pablo is uh, uh, not too far from here, actually. Are you home? Yes, home? yes, I'm home. Well, that, he, that Juan Pablo and I live about 15 minutes from us. <laughs> I think 15 minutes. Mm-hmm. So, okay. Yes. <laughs> All right. Thank you, everybody, for being on the listening, and, and we invite you to come back for October and have a great, great weekend and enjoy the fall. The fall starts in soon, today, right? Is this the first day of the fall? 
or was well, it yesterday? I think. Well, we have to celebrate soon, but uh, but it's yeah. it's right 20th, here. Happy fall! Right? Happy fall, everybody! Mm -hmm. And I hope that you get to see a lot of beautiful leaves and trees, etc. Okay. Thank you all for being on the show, and it's an honor to have had Juan Pablo. Thank you for all your insights and all the great things that you mentioned uh, about language learning. Thank you again, and we'll see all of you later. Thanks. Nos vemos. Adios. And Juan Pablo quiere despedirse, okay? Quiere decirles algo? Yeah, thanks for listening to Tom's Cafe, and have a nice fall, as they say. Okay. Uh, thank you. Okay, y, y puedes, puedes entonces hacerlo en español también, ¿eh? Sí en español. Que, bueno, pues muchas gracias por escucharnos y que pasen un feliz otoño, feliz fin de semana. Ok, adiós grupo, nos vemos, adelante, bye.